Caitlin, how do you keep him in line up here? I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, you do what you can. Hey, I thought I'd just welcome everybody. Let's say hi to online people as well. God bless you. Thought I'd start out with a joke today. Because you need one, you know. I mean, I think I, uh, Roy had told me, so I think, yeah, there's Roy. Spring is finally, <laughs> finally coming. I, I hope we saw the last of uh, any of the attempts of snow, um, you know, anyway. Uh, so let's, uh, let, let's move on. I got to tell you this joke because I thought it was really cute. And I'm changing the name uh, just to protect it. It doesn't, it's all fictitious. Okay, these are all fictitious. So there was a guy, and I'm going to call him, I'm going to say his name was Mr. Johnson. Can we go with that? We'll go with Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson owned the country store back in, you know, the small country town, country market, country store. It was awesome. And he was a godly man. And, and so he did everything according to as best he could the Bible. And he was known for every time that he would make a sale, he would slap the register and say some quote from the Bible. Now, all the bus drivers from the surrounding school and the county schools would all meet there, Mr. Johnson's Market, and they'd sit in the back by the potbelly stove and they'd play dominoes, don't you know? And so, right when the store had opened, Mr. Johnson's there, a little boy comes in and, and he says, Mr. Johnson, I'd like to get me some penny candy. Mr. Johnson sells him some penny candy and the boy gives him his penny and goes out the door. He walks over to the register and slaps it and says... Suffer the little children unto me. The bus drivers lean forward and go, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. A few minutes later, an adult man walks in. He says, listen, my dad's birthday. I want to. He loves steak. I would love to just cook him a, a big steak. You got any steaks, Mr. Johnson? He said, I got just the ones for you. Come over here. Let's get a couple big ribeyes. We'll take them. So he sells him the ribeyes. The guy says, thanks so much. It's going to be a great birthday. Pays Mr. Johnson. The man walks out the door. Mr. Johnson goes over to the register, slaps the register, and says, honor thy father and mother. The bus drivers lean forward and say, oh, that's good. That's, that's real good. About that time, a big old dually truck pulls in with a horse trailer. Big man jumps out, looks like Boss Hogg's got a big 10-gallon hat on, walks in and says, I need me a horse blanket. Mr. Johnson says, I got a horse blanket for you. Goes back in the storeroom. There's a big stack of horse blankets back there. Pulls him out one, sets it down, says, that'll be $5. The guy says, you don't understand. This is a prize-winning horse. I can't put a $5 blanket on him. You got anything else? Mr. Johnson said, well, let me go back and see what I got. Now, the bus drivers are looking back in the storeroom. There's only one stack of blankets. They're all from the same stack. They're just different colors. Mr. Johnson grabs another color, and he comes down. And he slaps it down. He says, $25. The guy says, listen, you don't understand. This is a prize-winning stallion. I am going to the biggest horse race in the world. I can't put a $2,500 or $25 blanket on my, my stallion. Mr. Johnson says, well, I got one more. The guy says, well, go back and get it. So he walks back there. Those bus drivers look over. Mr. Johnson grabs another color off the same stack, puts the other one back, comes out and slaps it down and says, $50. The guy said, that's more like it. Man, that's awesome. Pays Mr. Johnson, puts the blanket in his thing, and takes off. Mr. Johnson walks over to the register. All the bus drivers lean in. They are like, how is he going to? And he said, he was a stranger, and I took him in. <laughs> There's your joke for today. Uh, I hope you'll remember more of the message than the joke, but... So good to have you with us today. 
Hey, we're going to talk about some things. I believe, how many knows that we are, no matter what you think, I mean, this is tougher times than when, when I was growing up. You know, it, was, it seemed like simpler times. When my folks were growing up, it probably was even seemingly simpler than that. Although, in each of those eras, if we think about it, there were world wars. There were depressions. You know, that kind of stuff. Life is tribulation at its best sometimes, isn't it? So we've got to figure this out. God, how do I go forward and do it well so that I can enjoy my life? I'm going to give you three words this morning. Determine, declare, and decide. Everybody say that with me. Determine, declare, and decide. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your message. I thank you, God, for the anointing that is in this room. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to take you to the book of Judges, and I'm talking Judges 7, 9 through 15. And this story, you've heard it before, but we're going to jump on this and see where the Lord takes it. That night, the Lord said, get up, go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, uh, or Pura, I don't know really how that is pronounced, but listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you'll be greatly encouraged, and then you'll be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura, or Pura, and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of the Midian and Amalek and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. So you can get that picture in your mind. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up. Uh, just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned, it turned the tent over, knocked it flat. His companion said, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all the allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation... He bowed in worship before the Lord. He returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you the victory over the Midianite. So you, you understand what's going on. God is saying something to Gideon. He says, Now go down here, and, and this is a great job of spying or eavesdropping or whatever you want to put. But he has to go, and he's hearing the enemy say these things. Now I want you to see this story, and this is the promise of God is what we want when God gives you a promise. How many want a promise from God? Now, the Bible's full of promises from God. We all need them, and we all want them. But there's a purpose behind everything God does. We, we talk here, live life on purpose. God does everything on purpose. He doesn't do anything accidentally. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? God doesn't go, oh, my, wasn't expecting that. He never has those kind of thoughts. He gave Gideon a promise. I have, give, I have given the enemy into your hands. So Gideon knows the numbers. He knows the facts. He's got 300 guys. He's outnumbered in the natural. There's no way to win. But God. Come on, somebody. But God. I can do all things through Christ. It is God. But God. Gideon understands who he's with, who he's tied to. But the promise isn't enough. Because God said you're going to defeat them. And he heard it. But the promise didn't get it done. Has anybody ever told you stuff? And, and, and it's kind of because like we're, we tell our kids, Kim and I will tell our kids. She told them every night of their life while we were, they were under our care, you're going to do great things for God. Don't miss it. She told them every night. 
Psalm 92, 12 through 15, she would, she would say that every night, scratch their back. I tried to do it when she wasn't there. I could do it, but it was never like mom. Mom does it this way. Okay. But she would tell them. And then sometimes we tell them, don't worry, you're the best at it. And they will say things like, well, of course you're going to say that. We're your kids. Whose kids are you? We are God's kids, aren't we not? And he, if he's given you a promise, we have to believe him. Now, Gideon, he gets that part. I understand what you're saying. But I still can't see it. Now, if we're honest in the room, we've all had that. I get what you're saying. I still can't see it. You see, we have to get past the natural. Gideon knows the circumstances. He knows the numbers. He's outnumbered. He knows the odds. Somehow he has to tap from the natural into the supernatural. God, I have to get to me. I've got to get where you're saying. I don't, I I hear it, but I need to cross over. He's got to be obedient. He had done everything God had said. But he's still struggling. Has that happened to anybody besides me? God says something and you're like, I'm doing everything, but, but it's still there. I, I, I still see this or I still feel this or I, whatever. The circumstances seem to still haven't changed yet. You see, he's human. Gideon's just like you and me. And he's reasoning with his five senses. Seeing, smelling, touching, hearing, tasting. All of those. And that's where the enemy is king of this world, and that's where he tries to get us, in the sense realm. God didn't do it. You still don't see it, do you? You still feel that, don't you? God God always does what he says, and the enemy wants to put that seed of doubt. Gideon knows the odds. He knows he's outnumbered, he's outmaneuvered, he's outsmarted. So God says this, and we just read it. Okay, if the promise isn't enough for you, if my word isn't enough for you, I'm just going to stay there for just a second. Because it's real easy to say, let's just get it out of the word, because it's there. But when you're in the middle of pain, is it hard to, it's hard to almost understand. You, you don't even want to take the time because it hurts. Whatever, mentally, socially, physically. Or, or it seems like there is no compassion. And I have had to deal with that on my own self, where I've, I've learned more compassion, where it's easy for somebody to say, just do this. You want to go, have you been slapped today? Because, you know, that Bible talks about healing, and I'm sure we can practice that once we get done with this whole slapping thing. So, you know, there's all of these things that are going on And if the promise isn't enough, and we're not seeing what God is saying, we need more. Now, that that sounds contrary, but listen, sometimes your senses will not take you, not to quote William Shatner, to go where no man has gone before. But you can't lean on your own understanding. You're going to have to trust in the Lord. I say you're going to have to trust in the Lord. It doesn't seem to make sense, but you're going to have to trust in the Lord. He's told you to do something. You can go, that, that's, that doesn't make any sense. 
you're going to have to trust in the Lord. Can I get a witness with somebody saying, I'm going to have to trust in the Lord? And you got to understand, Jesus was man. He was God, but yet he's man. He laid down his deity. To, he had to do things as a man. He did things that were not natural. Tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to spit in this mud here. I'm going to put it on his eyes. He's going to see. Okay. Let's get in the line. Who wants to spit? You know, but Jesus does what he does because he hears from the Father and things happen. You're going to throw that stick in the water. It's going to make the water sweet. What? You're going to hold that staff over the sea and the sea's going to split. Huh? We're going to take these five loaves and two fish. We're going to feed 20,000 people. Say what? All of these things don't make sense. But it depends on who you trust. You see, like Gideon, we've been trained in the earth curse system, not in the kingdom way. We gotta, we're, I just got to make the check marks. I got to, okay, does it do this and this and this? Does it make sense to do that? So our first thought today, or our first point today, is just obey. Just be obedient. You got to do what God says. It doesn't have to make sense to you. You have to do what he says. What was the promise that God told you? I know there's promises in this room you have yet to see fulfilled. Just because you see them doesn't mean that they're not going to be fulfilled or they're not fulfilled. You need to just walk in it. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices of your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Have you done everything God's told you to do? Go check. Well, I didn't do that because it doesn't make any sense. Maybe you should do it. But it doesn't make, I'm not asking you if it makes sense. What has God told you to do? Have you left anything undone? Have you set yourself up to follow God and not man? Now, folks, I'm just telling you, this isn't always easy to walk out. Obedience isn't always easy. In the word of obedience, there's that one little word, die, in there. It seems like that's no fun. God told me my, my back went out. I was pastoring a church in Pickerington. My back went out, and I was laying in the bed at home, and the Lord said, it's time to change the name. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to change it? So he told me the name to change the church. I'm not changing the name of this church. He gave me the name of this church. This is a different church, so just so you know. <laughs> so I changed, <clears throat> said change the name, and I basically, he told me the name, and I repeated it, and he said it real slow, like I was on Sesame Street and needed a vowel check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, okay, I get it, I get it. And let me just tell you, when we, I went to the district office, I was ordained in the Assemblies of God at that time. I went to the district office and said, listen, the Lord wants me to change the name. What do I have to do to do that? They were all behind that move. The church name was very close to the church camp of Ohio. And they were like, yes, please change the name. That would be awesome. So they, they told me what to do. I called all my leadership in. We're going to change the name. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the launch date for the new name. Here's what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. Went through everything the way they told me. Did all my checks and balances. The day that we changed the name, I, I did a whole message on Abram uh, to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. And I mean, 
how God changed people's name. You know, Peter is going to be called, he was called Cephas for rock. And I went through all this stuff. When people walk out that service because we changed the name. In two weeks, inside of a month, we lost 60 people due to a name change. Nothing changed doctrinally. We didn't change what we believed. We didn't change anything. We just changed the name. And I told everybody, I'd have called it the House of Pancakes if God would have told me to. But if you're just stuck on a name, come on. Give me the name of Jesus. He can call me whatever he wants. As long as I'm under his banner, I'm okay. And so we went ahead and pushed forward through that. And that was hard. We lost people that we loved and that we cared. And they, they accused us of, of just being dictators and taking, well, you can't take that name. This is what we said, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, the founding pastor is no longer here. There's a new sheriff in town. This is what he's told me to do. Sorry. Obedience. You see, the children of Israel, think about this. They were given promises all the time. They were pregnant with promises. But they never entered the promised land. They wandered in the wilderness for years. It's not a matter of whether God has made you promises. But just because you have promises from God or you found them in the word of God does not mean you'll enter into fulfillment of those promises if you're not willing to do what God says. Does that make sense? Something has to happen to provoke your faith. Something. Somebody say something. You're going to have to figure, like, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to do it the way you want me to do it. How many knows that God had a plan for Gideon? And it didn't make a whole lot of sense. He's outnumbered thousands and thousands to 300. But it worked because God was behind it. You see, a promise from God is a revelation of his intentions for your life. But you got to walk in that. You have to trust him. This is what I plan to do, is the way he says. Now, what do you plan to do? You see, that's the problem with Christianity today. We just are in the process of, let me just, we're in ease mode. Everything today is remote control. I want a lazy boy. I want the recliner. I want, give me the remote what, how can we make it easy? Everything has to be easy peasy. If we got to stress or do anything that's going to take any sweat, we almost, there's, and I understand working smarter and not harder. I get it. Using technology, I understand. I'm not against that. What I'm telling you is, if God has told you to do something, do what he says. We need more sometimes than a promise. We need to incorporate the word into our lives. Most people today are saying, I'm just waiting on God. Can I tell you, God is waiting on you? Pretty simply said, everything that you need has already been given. Jesus already did it. Your healing, done. Prosperity, done. Health, done. All of that is done. It was paid for, and that price was paid 2,000 years ago. You don't have to ask for something God has already given you. So we have to obey. Here's number two. 
This will help you. You have to picture your promise. Here's the key. What does he promise you? Put it into a picture. Ask God to give you a picture. Leviticus 26.1 says, Don't make idols to set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. Why would God not want wrong things before their eyes? Because people put their trust in what they're looking at. That's why God told Gideon, I promise you, I'm going to deliver them into your hand. But if you don't believe me, and I, uh, what I'm telling you, and if you're having a hard time getting a hold of this, God's saying, go down there and listen. Take your servant with you and listen to what the enemy is saying. And you will get a picture in your mind and in your heart of what I'm trying to get over to you. You can see yourself winning. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you this morning. The picture that the Lord will give you for your promise will transport your natural to your supernatural. In other words, it'll get you to what you're believing for. To that manifestation. When Gideon hid behind the rock and he heard the enemy, the enemy says, I saw a dream. Now, I would, if I was Gideon, I'd like to be more than a cupcake rolling down a hill. I'd, well, I saw Sylvester Stallone, Rambo coming down the hill. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. You know, I didn't get any of that. He's, but he understands what this is about because he hears the other guy say, I know that cupcake is Gideon. And God's going to give him the victory. So somehow in the process of, he listened to God. Now listen, he was having a hard time getting the promise. So God said, if you're having a hard time, you go get the picture. And when he got the picture, he still obeyed God to get the picture. Are you seeing that? God said, you can go down there and do that, and you'll get the picture. Once he had the picture of the promise, the switch was on. Something clicked. I get it. I can see this now. God had told him he would win, and he didn't believe it until he got the picture. He wanted to believe it. How many have a want to? Remember that guy that said, Lord, just help my unbelief. Because you are in a war and the war is between your ears. It, it isn't new, my friends. Gideon is saying, I know what you're saying. I want to do what you're saying. I'll do everything. But man, I just got to picture this. You got to ask God, give me a picture. Show me the promise. Show me something that I can transport that image and go, yes. Once he got that picture and he, he believed it, he started to worship God. But he had to get the picture first. So you got to picture your promise. The first part of this message that we're talking about in the next couple weeks is determine. Who will show you the way? You have to determine who you're going to follow. There's a lot of people, you know, indecisive. I'll get it out. You can't make up your mind? <laughs> Indecision? You're going to follow somebody. Who will show you the way? Who are you looking at to lead your life? We made up our mind a long time ago that if my kids had to look at somebody, I might not be perfect, but I'm going to try to make the trail wide. I'm going to try to blaze the trail as big and bad as I can. My kids know beyond a shadow of a doubt I would do anything 
to help them, save them, whatever I could do. And it just, I just give God the glory because when I get Father's Day cards from them, I, I, this is some of the things they say. Thanks, Dad, for showing me the way. Thanks, Dad, for showing me how to be the man. And I tell you what, that's God. Who are you looking at to lead your life? You're going to have to determine to look for God. Make up your mind that he's going to reveal to you the promise. And you'll have to declare what he shows you. That means you're going to have to speak it. We're going to talk about that next week. And you're going to have to decide to, to fulfill it. I'm going to determine it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to declare it. Thus says the Lord. Can I say this to you? You'll never possess the promise of God until you see it when he puts it inside you. If you're determined to look for God in the situation, God will bring it to pass. If you are, as James says, if you could be just like back and forth, wishy-washy, I'm not sure, it's God, it's the enemy, it's God, it's the enemy, then you'll have nothing because you're double-minded. But if you're determined, I'm going to find God and I'm going to do what God says. Do you realize that when God tells you to do something, it isn't always the easiest thing to do? But with God, all things are possible to him who believes. I can do all things through Christ. To accomplish the promise, you're going to need God. If your promise is just so small that it just takes you, probably not a God promise. You see, the picture, God gave Gideon a picture. And that's your faith. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, we believe we receive when we pray. It's already done. I've already got it. So I picture it and I declare it because I got the promise from the word. Just because somebody can quote the scripture, or did God, what's God telling you? If he's telling you something and you're praying about something, do you believe that it's done? Or are you just saying words? Are you just, I've been in prayer meetings and I've been with leaders and it seems like the louder they wail, they try to outwail each other. And sometimes it was easy to try to get caught up in that. And then I felt like the Lord said, just don't. So I just didn't. God made us all visual. If I say Disney World, Everybody goes, ha <laughs> hi, Musketeers. Oh. You think of Mickey or Tinkerbell or Peter Pan or whoever. If I say pizza, you guys are all thinking of something. Maybe your favorite, maybe you're a Donato's person, the Domino's, a Pizza Hut, or some mom and pop you know, store or whatever. If I say a dog, you picture a dog. Many of you will picture the dog that you have. If I say the color red, you'll start saying red, 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 red. You'll look for things that are red. God is saying if the promise isn't enough, get a picture on the inside. That's going to take some faith. Show me what you're saying, Lord. See, Gideon needed that interpretation to add with what God had told him. When he got the picture, he could answer the promise. Some of us won't take the time to stay with the Lord enough to get the picture. 
Gideon ran back to camp, got everybody up, and says, we're going to defeat these guys. We got it. Because now he's in. He could buy in because now he's got a picture. If you want to, when I was in the, the health field for years, there'd be people to say, I, you know, I want you to do this. I'd say, well, what do you want? They'd say, I want to I wanna look, I want to have big muscles, or I want to, you know, or I want to get real skinny, or I want to, and so that, that's what they want, and that's what they would picture. If you've ever gone on a diet, have you ever had yourself, you ever put a picture of yourself when you were skinny or, or when you were buff? And you want, I got to get back to this. Or here's a, because what does it do? It helps motivate you. You can see progress. You know what we did in the health field is, is every month I would take their measurements. Because they couldn't see it. I'm going to say it one more time. They couldn't see it. I had my sons, they're like, Dad, can you make us out a workout program? I said, sure, because I have stuff at home. Yeah, I can make you out. And I remember Zach telling me, he goes, will this work? I, I said, I guarantee it'll work. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah. I said, but now listen, you have to put the work in. You have to believe in the promise, what I'm saying to him, that if you put the work in, you'll get the result. Okay, so we took the measurements before we started. I wrote them all down. I said, we're going to take them again in a month. He said, okay. And this is what he said before the, the measuring day. It's not working. I said, don't be so sure. Have you worked out? Yeah. I said, because I've, I've worked out with you. Yeah. That's not working. You look in the mirror. I, I look the same. I don't think you do. Yes, I do. Have you ever had, because you look at yourself, you don't see a difference. Somebody else will walk up and go, wow, you've lost weight. And you want to go, can you follow me around for a while? <laughs> Just say that over and over again. So anyway, Zach's still there. I said, let's get the tape out. You, you wrote it down. I'm going to measure again. And every area that he wanted, in some areas he gained almost two inches. And his shoulders and his arms, he gained like an, an inch and, a, and an eighth and, and his back. And he's like, it, it worked. You know why? Because he saw the picture. When he got the information and he believed the word, he got the picture. Guess what I caught him doing after that? I mean, I wasn't even around. I'd go out in the, the barn, I'd have some mirrors out there and he'd be like, like walk in. But he's getting the picture. That's what happens with us. Gideon breaks out into worship. Why does Gideon break out into worship? How often, let me ask you this question, how often do you worship God? Kim and I will worship God, we'll hear something, and it doesn't mean we just lose control of the car or wherever. But it'll be just like, thank you, Jesus. And she'll say, it's all because of him. And I'll say, that's right. It's all because of him. God get the glory. That's worship. If you just do your best at what he's called you to do, that's worship. But anyway, worshiping God. What does worship do to the enemy? Can I remind you who the enemy was before he got kicked out of heaven? Lucifer was the what angel? 
He was the worship angel. Think about that. He does not like. You want to turn him on his ear? Start worshiping Jesus. You want to get him upset? Start giving God praise. Push the enemy away. When Gideon had the promise, he still wasn't sure he got the picture, and he's ready to go forward. The picture convinced him. Listen to me. If you can't see it, you can't have it. If you can see it, God can do it. Are you with me today? If you can, uh, if you can become a reality, you have to determine God is going to do it. If he's given you the promise, I'm giving it to God. I'm going to do everything he's told me. If I can see myself free, I can see myself healthy, I can see myself successful. Is that his will? According to the word of God, you already got it. How determined are you? Who are you looking to? God will renew your mind. Don't see yourself as a failure, as an addict, as a loser, as a nobody heading nowhere. You become determined. From this day forward, I'm going to determine to follow God. I'm telling you, I don't care if your step, you think, well, I can't, I'm not where this person is. Can I tell you, it's not about, you're not competing against anybody else. Quit comparing yourself to somebody else. Just say, God, if I got to take baby steps, I'm taking baby steps, but I'm moving forward. Get filled with a promise. Turn it into a picture. See yourself blessed. See yourself prosperous. See yourself whole and healed. It'll change your life. The Bible says without vision, people perish. One translation says without vision, people lose all restraint. You know why people get crazy? Because they don't know where they're going. We got to run out of gas is $4 a gallon. What are we going to do? God is not up in heaven going, oh my, oh my. Is he not still in charge? Is he not still Jehovah Jireh, your provider? I can't do anything about gas prices, but I can do everything about praising God that he takes care of all of my need according to his riches and glory. You see, nobody's standing up saying, this is the way, walk in it. Nobody's saying, God says do this. We don't even... Christians should vote like Christians. You should vote the Bible. Here's the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is saying, this is how you walk. And he's saying it loud and clear. And he's not making any apologies. John 14, 6, that is our, our, that's how I got the name of this church. That's the scripture he gave me. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Can you get a picture? I'm just saying right now, we need to determine who we're following. You can live any way you want and still get to heaven. No, you cannot. It's okay if you're homosexual. No, it's not. I mean, we're going to love you, but you can't get to heaven being a homosexual. Boy, that's fun. And I'm not I'm just telling you. Get a picture. God, what do you want? He's got better plans for you. He's got a goal and a vision. Other things that will pull you from that are just distractions. They asked Jack Nicholas, the famous golfer, he said, how did, how did you win so many golf championships? This is what he said. He said, I see every shot. I take it in my mind before my body gets involved. So when he addresses the ball, he already sees, this is what I got to do. If your mind can be persuaded by a picture, then your body begins to respond. 
That's just how we're made. Do you see yourself well? Do you have problems with a health issue? See yourself moving that without any problem. Let the picture develop in your mind. Back in the day, I don't know how they do them now, but pictures have developed in the dark room. How God develops a picture of who you really are. Do you trust him? Are you all in? Mountaintop experiences are great, but our character is developed in the valley, is it not? In the dark room, where we make the choice to determine who we'll follow. And we haven't all made right choices. I get it. Thank God for grace and mercy and forgiveness. Yes. When God told me to start a church at TLC, he gave me a picture of the church. The picture he showed me, I didn't see it struggling. I didn't see, I saw it, it was full. There was multitudes of people. He gave me a promise and he gave me a picture. I saw the chairs you're sitting in before you ever saw them because I saw them full. And he told me to buy these chairs. I'm like, okay. So we did. He'll give you a picture. Everywhere that Kim and I, we, we do our best. We're not perfect. But he blesses us. He blesses the work of our hands because we honor him. I start seeing myself winning. I start seeing myself overcoming. I saw my family blessed. Listen to me, young people. If you can picture what God wants to give you, you won't date anything out there just because they got two legs and a pair of Levi's. You got to get a picture. What are you looking at? Here's our last point. You got to guard your thoughts. What do you think about is important? 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Once you get a picture from what God has told you and it gets in your mind, your body begins to line up with that picture. When you begin to praise, even in the physical, it's your body responding to what you're already thinking about. Now, if I was saying everybody break out in spontaneous dance, if I broke out in spontaneous dance, that's a picture you don't want to see. <laughs> I do not have the rhythm that I need to do that in any really nice way. <laughs> it would be entertainment, but probably not the picture you'd want to see. But we need to understand, you know, that's how the enemy understands if he's getting to you because you respond physically and he sees that because, listen to me, he is a created being. You need to understand the enemy is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. In other words, he can't be everywhere at one time. And he doesn't know everything. He responds as he attacks you between your ears how you respond in the physical. And when he sees your response, he'll be like, pour it on. However he does, whatever he does, and that's what he does. If you're expecting nothing on the inside, nothing is coming, nothing is happening, you're believing for nothing, you're seeing nothing, when you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. 
That's why you're getting nothing. But God says, I got a plan for you. I have a plan for the rest of your life, and it's good. And it's not failure. It's not depression. It's not hurt. It's not all of those things. And I know some in the room and in the sound of my voice online or even here today are saying, you don't even, you know what I've been dealt? I didn't do this. I get it. But where are you going from here? Come on. You're going to have to get a picture. Is God not big enough? Are you, he's just like, I can't do anything for you. I guess I'm tied. I'm done. Or are you going to say, you know what? I'm going to get a picture. I'm going to go forward. I'm not going back. I'm going on. And what does that look like? Do you know your thoughts will drive your life? If you got a promise from God and you can turn it into a picture, you can see yourself not broke. You can see yourself not sick. You can see yourself not struggling. You can see yourself not a loser, not hopeless, not lonely, not depressed. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I determine, I declare, and I decide. Somebody give God a shout in this place. Your life will always move in the direction of the dominant picture that you place in your life, in your mind. Perspective is everything. If you see the glass half empty, that's how you look at things. Uh, probably not going to have enough. Uh. And I, I'm just telling you, I'm human. We all have done that. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying i got to guard my mouth and my thoughts. My wife is a half full girl. She doesn't see anything half empty. She's like, if there's a brick wall, doesn't matter. She's going to go through it. If there's a will, there's a, yeah. You marry a little dynamo like that, and I'm telling you, she will knock some walls down. But she is a glass full person. She sees, oh, man, I'll tell you what, it's half full. Praise God, praise God. We're going to get it all. The Bible says you're blessed when you go in, you're blessed when you come out. If God is for me, who can be against me? Get a picture of that. God told the Israelites, go into the promised land. Come back with some food and tell us what you see. They sent 12 people. Basically, go take pictures, bring back grapes. So they wanted everybody, the whole buddy, look how good God is. They want to see. So the grapes were the size of watermelons. I mean, these are big grapes now. But instead, they came back talking about the size of the giants and the picture they had in their mind. And they saw, and this is what they said, we are like grasshoppers, and they're giants. What if they would have just came back with God's report? No matter what they saw, it's going to be awesome, man. The land is flowing. With Look at the size of these things. We can do this. Picture matters. God said to Abram, and I'm just going to paraphrase this, but he basically he said, I know how old you are. Do you think God knows how old you are? He says, you're going to have so many children, you can't even number them in the stars or the sand on the seashore. And Abraham had to go out and look at a picture of that because God took him out and said, see the stars? Look at the sand. So he could be like, oh, my word. Changed his life because he had a picture. He had to see it. He had to get the picture of what God wanted. Some of us are a picture away 
from what God wants for you. Think about it. Brett, I've got broken relationships. Have you pictured them together? Healed? Well, I have, but I don't keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. Start picturing things. You see, my purpose has to become the picture. We live our life on purpose. So God, show me your purpose so I can picture it and I can do it. I'm almost finished. Jesus is going to call Peter into ministry, and Peter's a fisherman. And Peter can, now think about this. Jesus is going to call him. Peter fishes for a living. Peter's been fishing all night, and he caught nothing. Jesus is in the boat. Now, Peter's picture of this, number one, he's probably embarrassed because Jesus is with me, and I didn't do a very good job. Of course, we would rationalize that away. Well, I can't help it if the fish aren't biting, and I get all that, I understand, you know, but I do this for a living, blah, blah, blah. But his picture is not one of promotion. It is defeat. We worked all night. I caught nothing. I got nothing to show for it. Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to show you a different picture. Throw your net over there. Think about what I'm saying. Peter says this. If you look at the account, Peter says, we fished all night. In other words, I think Peter's being nice to say, you build chairs, I fish for fish. Let me fish, you build stuff. But Jesus says, throw it over there. And Peter says, nevertheless, if you say obedience, going past his reasoning in his mind, I throw them over. The Bible says they pulled in so much fish, the boat started sinking. And they called James and John over, their boats are sinking. Now he sees a different picture, doesn't he? He sees the kingdom picture. What are you picturing? You ever try to explain something to your kids? I need you to keep this clean. I need you just to quit doing that. Quit throwing those on the floor. And they keep doing it. I remember telling our kids, what do I need to do? Draw you a picture? But when they get the idea and they figure it out, we started putting promises with some of those. This is what we're believing. And then they, they got blessed because of their obedience and they could see the picture of the room cleaned. Do you know that God says, I want you well and in good health? Don't you get the picture? We were looking at his photo album. He might be telling you these things. I love you with an everlasting love. Didn't you get the picture? I'll never leave you or forsake you. Did you see the picture? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I sent that to you. You got the email. Did you get the picture? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't give up. I'm for you. Did you get those pics? Albert Einstein even said, imagination is greater than knowledge. Knowledge is facts. Imagination is greater. And let me tell you why. Because if you can see it in your mind, your imagination can take you past the facts. If Jesus says, we're going to feed 20,000 people, well, the facts don't say that, but if you say so, 
You feed them. Have them sit in groups of 50 and 100. You get the picture? Facts may tell you you're not going to be successful. The odds are against you. You're nothing. You're not smart enough. But if you can get a picture from God, if you can get what God is telling you in your spirit, you can tell facts, get out of the way. Just move on over. You can tell knowledge, out of my way. And I'm not saying you don't need knowledge, you don't need wisdom. So don't take that from here. What I'm telling you is you have to do what God says and get a picture from God. There's something about a person that gets a picture from God. If you're like most people who say, Pastor, I, I keep messing up. The promises of God, I, I know, but that's because we're not full of those. My wife will tell you there's nothing you can replace than the word of God, than the word. You need the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Get into the word of God. Don't just come here on Sunday morning and this is the only bit of scripture you get. You should be eating off the scripture and feeding off the word of God all week long. We have people that say this. I'm waiting to get right so then I can get God. And that is a lie from the pits of hell. If you get God, you'll get right. You get the picture? Because when you get God inside you, something changes, man. I mean, Clark Kent goes to Superman. I, whatever you want to say, but things start changing. You start thinking different. Because old self has passed away, all things become new. Get the picture? Make up your mind. Here's our last thing, and, I, and I'm, I'm done. Ever watch AFV, America's Funniest Videos? Have you ever seen those where they give the people the fake lottery tickets? And they think they win. And it's like 15 million or 150 million. They're like. And they just go berserk. You could have mud on your face. Curlers in your hair. You would run down the street in your underwear. If you thought you won 150 million. Because you got. Why? You don't have it. But you got a picture of it. Now I've never played the lottery. Just so you know. Before I get any mail. I've never played. But I'm just saying. Why do they act that way? Because they get the picture from what they see here. It's always funny that when they go, oh, it's just a joke. Present it to the bank of your mama. And then they're like, oh, and then they're mad. And then you feel bad for them. What, I'm, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you, get your belief system behind the picture God gives you. And you'll start getting excited. And things will start changing. Things will start changing around your house in your life, in your church, where you work, determine who you're going to follow. Get a picture from God. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, those that are watching online as well, if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Brett, I need a picture, then just ask God. Let's say this together. Dear Jesus, come into my heart be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. I'll do my best to serve you. Forgive me. Give me the picture that I need for these obstacles that keep coming up in my life. And I'll believe with you. And they'll be based on the word of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.